Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Julie, welcome to today's show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Looking forward to another great show with you and uh, should have some fun today. We should. And we're going to finish up the series we were doing on building teams. Really appreciate and love all the feedback we've been getting a lot uh, from a lot of you guys. You know, Julie, the, e- the emails that I've been getting mostly, they haven't really surprised me. A lot of agents are feeling a sense of relief that they don't necessarily have to form teams. A lot of agents, I think, were feeling pressured to do things that didn't ne- wasn't necessarily in alignment with their values about how they wanted to run a business or how they wanted to conduct business with their buyers and sellers. And yeah, that's uh, and I, I I'm not surprised at all. That's the feedback we've been getting, Julie. I know you've been receiving mm-hmm. similar emails, correct? Yeah, absolutely. It's like we've kind of released that burden of feeling like they were behind the eight ball because they didn't weren't running a team of eight or ten people, and that's okay. You're probably making more money not doing that, but this is why we're being fairly detailed in how we present this to you so that you know how to make the correct decisions for you and your family based on your own goals and your own situation. We try to keep it real. That's right. And so a lot, of, a lot of you guys are going to want to still add assistance. You're going to want to basically form a small team, and that makes perfect sense, and that's the right move for you. And we certainly have lots and lots of coaching clients that have larger teams as well. All we're trying to do, or our real focus, our intent of doing these, uh, this series of radio shows is to make it so that you guys can go in with your eyes completely open because we know there's not a balanced conversation going on out in the real estate world about forming teams. It's always teams, 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 and that's the greatest thing, and if you, know, if you don't have a team, you're a loser. And that's not the case, because the simple fact is, is that forming a team is not the Shangri-La. It's not, going to require, it's not going to result in you guys making a lot more profit. And remember, and you remember this from uh, the second uh, podcast we did on uh, forming a team, is that if your profit is, if, rather, if your product is not your profit, in other words, your core focus, your primary focus in running a business has to be on making a profit. And if that's not the very first thought you have, when you're making business decisions, don't be surprised when you don't have a profit. Please right. do not be so enamored with somebody selling hundreds and hundreds of houses or millions and millions of dollars in real estate. Don't be impressed because oftentimes their goal, and this is where it comes a little conflicting, and I get it, their goal wasn't to make a profit. Their goal was to sell hundreds and hundreds of houses and millions and millions of dollars worth of money and to be somewhat in the industry famous. So they wanted to be seen as the agent that sold three, four, five hundred houses a year. They wanted to be seen as that, you know, their their goal was to be on stage and have everyone, have everyone go ooh and ah. That was their goal, you see. So if you had a choice between being rich and being famous, which would you choose? That's really what it comes down to. And a lot of times agents don't realize that they're choosing Uh, they're having to make that choice. And so they think that the money will follow the transactions, and it doesn't always work out that way. More often than not, it actually is the exact opposite. So, again, we're giving you guys what we hope that you will agree is a balanced look at how you can go about making more money in your business. Remember, guys, you don't have to 
sell hundreds and hundreds of houses to be successful. You don't have to sell millions and millions of dollars to be successful. I mean, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in real estate to be successful. The success is defined by what your specific values are and what your specific goals are. So, again, our industry, especially this time of year, there's lots of seminars, lots of retreats, lots of this, lots of that. Those things are just basically big black holes of ego. And sometimes you guys get sucked into these things and you're thinking as you go there that you're less than because you're not doing a lot of this trendy stuff and talking about all these trendy things. And you know what? Again, I want you guys to be clear. We are not anti-team. We are pro-profit, right? So if building right. a team in your business after you look at this results in you can't figure out or it just doesn't make sense to you because you're calculating how much money you're going to have to spend and you realize you're in essence going to be running a non-profit, well, then you need to make a decision. If, you know, if your goal is to make profit, and with the profit you reinvest in, it basically creates financial long-term security for you, which is truly what most of you have as a goal, right? You want to have that sense of freedom that comes from not having to worry about money. Well, that only happens if you have profit from selling houses. That, just so you're clear on this, is often at odds with the whole team thing. And that's the confusing part, because you would think more people, more houses, more units – will result in more profit for the owner. Not true in every case. Matter of fact, it's very rarely is that true. So there's the conflict. That's the confusing part of this whole team conversation. But if you go back and you listen to today's show and the previous shows we've done on this very topic, you won't be confused anymore, and then you could start thinking like a business owner. And, Julie, that's, that's the essence of a lot of the conversations we've been having um, with a lot of listeners is that they're, uh, you know, they're coming to the conclusion that, hey, guess what? I can really have a great lifestyle. I can make lots of money. I can service my clients at the level that I want to at the highest level, and I don't need a big gaggle of buyer's agents. I can do really great with three or four, essentially, assistants. And you know what, guys? I have a little secret for you. In the country, the most successful, the most profitable, the truest, wealthiest agents that I've ever met, that's the essence of their business. It's them Oh, by the way, their focus is definitely on the uh, listing side of the industry. It's not on buyer sides. It's them, and then it's like you know the, the rainmaker, the main agent, whoever, and then it's usually two or three, maybe four assistants. You know, essentially doing transaction coordination. They might have one person that's basically a runner. They might have one person that's handling the listings when they're listed. And that way, the main agent, what they do is they focus primarily on taking more listings and negotiating contracts and going on appointments. That's where they focus their time. That is a elegant – that's what Julie and I call an elegant business model because it's very simple. It's very direct. It's very straightforward. It's immune to ups and downs in the economy. It's, it's immune because this, these types of agents, these really truly successful agents, you, and oftentimes you don't even know who they are because they're not going to show up at conferences. They're not going to show up at, you know, at, at retreats. They're not going to be Which on stages. Which they love, stages. by the way, that you don't <laughs> yeah, all know who well, they are. And, in fact, we have yeah. requests often from the coaches. We're always, you know, wanting to bring you superstar interviews and things like that, and we're coaching many of these agents, of course. And some they of them They don't want to be say, on the radio. I appreciate yeah. the compliment. I appreciate the opportunity, but I absolutely don't want anybody to know who I am or what I'm doing. And we respect that, and that's okay, because they've made the decision to lead with profit, not with fame. And that, that's fine. We know who you guys are. <laughs> We're your biggest fans. Well, because they know, so okay. they, know the ego, they know the ego is a slippery slope. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Now, with that said, we have had some really phenomenal agents on, and a lot right. of these agents are the ones like Michael Gordon. You guys should go back and listen to that interview. Well, um, but they've found a balance, I, though, between the fame right. and the profit, and they've been able to do both because they've actually concentrated on that and been coachable and done – it is possible to have both, but you just have to watch that 
that you're not spending yourself into oblivion just so that you can be number one instead of number two in your market. So on today's radio show, we're going to be focusing on what we call basically what is a level four real estate practice. And we're going to be going into details um, and we're going to be describing to you guys sort of the parameters and how you decide whether or not you want to continue to scale your business up to a level four business. You know, there's, I know Keller Williams has a level seven business where you completely delegate it and you walk away from it and all the rest of it. Uh, and you know what? You could go to that extent, but understand that's going to come at the cost of your profit. And so Julie and I, we won't and we don't think you should even have the aspiration of ever completely walking away from your business because the reality of it is even if you have a phenomenal person in place, uh, if you delegate uh, and you abdicate, in other words, you delegate, but then you also give up the control, you will absolutely positively be pissing away profit to the point where you won't make any. You know, just as it's an abs- – well, guys, look at this. The most successful CEOs of the largest companies in the world, they are still at the helm. And you better believe that they've got their fingers in every single aspect of the company. That's the reason that they are the most successful CEOs in the company, in, in, the, in the world. And a lot of these guys, you know, they're known as micromanagers. And a lot of us have been trained to believe micromanaging is bad. Micromanaging is not bad. Micromanaging, when you have systems in place, which is really what you need as a team, systems do the managing and you manage the systems. And that's, by the way, what it, it's part and parcel of Real Estate Coaching Essentials. That's the coaching program that a lot of you guys absolutely positively must be considering, and it's really incredibly affordable. And we've enhanced uh, Real Estate Coaching Essentials now to include REO and short sale information, to include BPO information. And that's something else we've been receiving lots of emails from you guys about, wanting to know specifically how to do short sales. Yeah, you know, it doesn't surprise me because we knew there was a shift happening. In some markets, the shift is happening faster than in others. And so for those of you guys who need to learn how to do short sales because you're running into underwater sellers or near equity, as we call it, they're almost underwater, the, RE, the Real Estate Coaching Essentials Program has all that information. If you want to join that coaching program, guys, and you use our student approval program, it's only $99 a month. There's no payment for the first 30 days. Um, every single one of you are approved. We're working with a lender. Julie and I are personally underwriting this program. So no matter what your personal situation is now, you can get in, in, into this coaching program. Just fill out that form that's below the player on this you know, screen. Um, or, of course, if you're listening to us and you're not on our uh, real estate coach, I'm sorry, if you're not on real estate coaching radio, you can also uh, go to, oh, what is that website again? <laughs> I, I will give it to you in a join, second. So you join can all, Harris. Join com. yes, join Harris. That's right, joinharris.com. So just go to joinharris.com and put in your name and information. Someone from our staff will call you back, answer any questions. And like I said, guys, this is real estate coaching essentials. Is literally every single thing you need in your real estate business, especially in a changing market. It's all your listing presentations, your scripts, and everything else. Okay, so Julie, let's jump right in. Let's talk about what a level four real estate practice looks like. Okay, perfect. So a level four real estate practice, you have already implemented a transaction coordinator, whether that's in-house or whether that's off-site, you have a transaction coordinator. In other words, you are no longer dealing with scheduling inspections and all that kind of stuff. You already have at least one buyer's agent, and you're considering perhaps hiring a second buyer's agent and or a listing coordinator. So now we're looking at a team of five, maybe six, some cases maybe four. Somewhere in there we're still in a small, efficient team. Well-oiled machine, lean, mean fighting machine, however you want to look at it. We're not just hiring buyer agents so that we can have an army of them of untested wayward agents. We're being very selective. So I wanted to talk, if it's okay with you, Tim, about 
what is the job of the buyer's agent and how do you know if they're doing a great job? Because before you consider hiring a second one, you've got to make real sure that your first one knows what they're doing. That way you're not having to double-do all of that stuff that you think you're delegating. Does that make sense to spend just a couple minutes on that, Tim? Absolutely. Okay, perfect. So how do we know what's going on with our buyer's agents? Well, I wrote down six things that you've got to take a very hard, clear look at before you hire them in the first place and then certainly before you add to your team. So buyer agents' life starts with leads. They are on your team because they're not your competitor. They probably joined your team so they would be lead, have leads given to them. So leads, do you have enough lead flow, enough lead generation going on so that you can keep that buyer agent busy enough so that they're fulfilling their goals? Now we can stop there for a second, Tim, because every buyer agent has a speed limit. There are buyer's agents out there, just as there are agents out there, who only need to be closing a deal a month or a deal every other month. So if you're producing six or eight closable buyer leads, probably because you have listing inventory and other systems in place, hopefully, and your buyer's agent who you've hired is comfortable only closing the very cream of the crop because they only really need to do a deal a month. Remember, their expenses are not your expenses. All they have to pay for is their car, their fuel, you know, Maybe that's all they have to do, especially if you're in a higher average sale price, this happens. Now, there are also buyer's agents who are very motivated by moving forward. They appreciate the opportunity being a buyer's agent that they don't have all that other stuff going on, and they're able to close six, eight, even ten transactions per month. We're coaching buyer's agents who are at that level. It's not all of them. You've got to know. So how you treat your team and your hiring process differs greatly depending on who you've already hired and how they present themselves, right? So typically, and you know, I'm just going to use some of the teams that we coach for an example where they have three or four buyer's agents. Usually there will be one that's highly motivated, a second one that's almost as motivated, and then the third and fourth one will be kind of questionable why they're even on the team at all because they're just bubbling around. You know, they're kind of saying, oh, the leads aren't very good, and they'd rather do nothing, right? So be careful about this. Every buyer's agent has a speed limit. You know, need to know what it is, and that's a good question for any agent in general to know, what is your speed limit? Even our agents that we're coaching that are personally doing 100, 200, 300 sides a year, they still personally work with two or three buyers at a time because that is their current speed limit to keep them engaged. You know, they work with their past clients, that sort of thing. So that is a tangent I won't go down. So leads, get clear on that. Second thing for a buyer's agent, how are they doing on their lead follow-up? Do they use lead follow-up scripts? Do you track the conversion rate of leads coming in versus leads that have appointments set and then appointments to closings? So lead follow-up. And then are they following up with urgency or do they only follow up with urgency when they're feeling starved for more leads and not busy on their schedule. These are all some of the buyer agent black holes that we see. Next is their showing skill. Are they just setting up whatever happens to be available or do they have some level of showing skill? These are the types of things we go over as well in the coaching essentials, not just if you're a buyer's agent, but in general, are you actually listening to what the buyer wants? Do you have buyer scripts where you're asking those questions and then are you actually setting up showings to deliver what they've asked you for? That seems like such a minor point, Tim, but so many people screw that up, you know, well, not even you know, being careful it, about that. And then the buyer agent says that the buyer's flaky, right? I was actually thinking while you were talking, Julie, I was thinking all the excuses that all you guys make as individual agents, 
right? The leads suck. They're not motivated. All the excuses uh-huh. you make to be lazy, if we're being honest, well, your buyer's agents are going to be doing all those uh, same bad habits by about a thousand percent because the difference right. between them and you is they can just wait around like a hungry bird with their beak open waiting for you to drop a nice worm, uh, wormy in. And that's where this buyer agent thing is a slippery slope because you guys will start spending money and rationalizing. You're spending more and more and more and more money on leads. And all the while, they're going to say the lead quality is this, the lead quality is that. Well, the truth is, is what they're doing is they're just cherry picking the easiest leads. They're going to essentially require the least amount of work. Maybe the leads that you give them personally that are also sellers that have to buy those types of leads are the ones that they want. The reload leads, the easy ones, not the ones that actually are going to require some homework or it's going to require some extra time or the people that have the crazy schedules or all the rest of it. And guess what, guys? They're just doing that because you're just giving them more and more leads. You know, it's funny. Yeah. Julie said this was a key point. She said, how are you actually tracking how they're doing at, uh, at lead follow-up? And I know there's systems in place out there, and we ask, ask all of our team leaders that we coach to basically implement a system where they can track how long it takes for the buyer's agent to follow up on the lead, then track how long it takes that buyer's agent on average, you know, the system that tracks how many contacts they've made. But this is all assuming that the buyer's agent is actually using the system as it's intended, where they're logging their phone calls, they're actually logging their emails, and you can start monitoring all that. And then there's ways you can go about figuring out what their conversion ratios are. Like for every 10 leads you send, you know, Steve, he'll close one transaction, whereas you know, Betty, you have to send her 30 leads to get the same closing. Well, that tells you one's a little bit more efficient than the other. Well, guys, here's where we go back to the original premise of this whole team conversation. So the idea is that you can have, have somehow have a magically, magically form a team, and then it makes it so you no longer have to do the heavy lifting of your real estate business. But you see what you've done. You've actually moved yourself from the stuff that pays you the most that's working directly with sellers, in some cases buyers, and it's moved you to a position where now you're having to manage other people. We call it adult daycare because that's a lot of time what you're doing. And I have news for you guys. You can use your time a hell of a lot more efficiently when you're actually focusing on uh, becoming a kick-ass listing agent. When you're doing that, when you're focusing on all, the, and we tell you like 50 different ways as part of real, real estate coaching essentials to go after leads. There's, there's at least a dozen absolutely powerful ways, and we talked about it on our past podcast, guys. You can go and listen to it on Real Estate Coaching Radio, um, and you can go and basically focus all your best energies on listings. 95% of you are going to be better off if you basically become, have a small team and have the, and you're the absolute Navy SEAL of listing agents. You do have some assistance to take away some of the busy work so you can focus on what pays you the most, which is going after those high value uh, listing leads. Because becoming a good manager of people is a skill that all of you can have. Don't assume that you can't. I'm not suggesting that you can't. What I'm suggesting is that you only have so much time in the day and you want to spend time with your family. You want to spend time around the values that you've set for yourself in life, right? And if you're now finding yourself, and this is what happens a lot of times, is you're going to spend all your time hiring, training, firing, monitoring, yelling, shouting, praising, you know, your team members. And if you add up all the amount of time that you have to spend doing that, and you compare it to the amount of time that you would have put forth if you were just focused on, you know, basically having a small manual, you know, three or four assistants at, you know, maybe two assistants, maybe one assistant, and then focus on knowing what your magic number is. Magic number is part of Real Estate Coaching Essentials. Coaching clients, make sure you're using that. 
Those of you who are in the Breakthrough Coaching Program, make sure you know what your magic number is. Uh, uh, coaches, those of you, I know all of you listen to the show every day, make sure your clients know at all times what their real estate magic number is. And, guys, your life becomes much simpler. You know, remember how we, you know, you, it's interesting, Julie, if we were to ask agents why they get into real estate, they would talk about the fact that they, they didn't want a boss. I mean, if they're being real honest, right? They didn't want a boss. Mm-hmm. They didn't necessarily want someone telling them what to do when they didn't want to do it. They didn't want accountability. And then some of them would say, well, they wanted to basically make a lot of money. Well, here's the irony of real estate. So you can do the first, you know, three or four things easily. As soon as you get your real estate license, you have no boss. You have nobody telling you what to do. You have no accountability. But the last thing that a lot of you say you want, which is you know, financial, basically to be wealthy, to be rich, where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money, that's going to take some real focused effort. Um, and here's another little ironic thought for you. The reason that there's not more uh, rich realtors is because they are focused on the wrong thing. They don't put profit first. That is one of the key tenets of what we do in our coaching program. We want to meet you guys. We want to run into you. There's 100,000-plus regular listeners. When we talk to you guys, we want you to pull us aside and show pictures of your family on vacation. We want you guys to tell us how you paid your house off. We want you to tell us that basically because of the radio show and because of our coaching programs, you are able to actually finally reach financial freedom. That's, what, that's really what drives Julie and I in our focus. So, yes, you can form a team. That's fine. Just do it around the, the idea of creating profit first off the top of every deal you do. Must come, depending on your overall financial situation, 10% goes into a savings account. Then as you retire more debt, it's 20%. Then it's 30%. Then eventually, guys, what happens is those numbers really start to accumulate, and then you could start buying asset uh, things that assets to produce profit. Rental properties is our favorite. Does that make sense, Jules? Yeah, Absolutely. So, yeah, lead with profit. When, whenever you have a question in real estate about anything, what should I do? There's only really two answers. One is always get more listings. That's not going to hurt you. Okay, the answer is always more listings. But secondly is put it through the filter of profit. Is this a profitable thing that I'm considering? So, you know, back to the buyer-agent discussion, right? You have highlighted very well, Tim, the fact that what have we done here? Have we just gotten all of our time back and everything is great and all of our buyer leads are closing themselves because now I have this great buyer's agent? Probably not. If you're really, really lucky and you hired somebody that was just out of the gates a killer buyer's agent, maybe. But by and large, you're going to be managing the things that we're going through today, the lead flow. Do you even have enough consistent buyer lead flow to have any buyer's agent? Or would you really honestly, truly be better off working your best buyer leads yourself being more particular with your lead follow-up and your pre-qualification of them, and being temporarily busy some of the time. Now, if you've moved through that and you're busy all of the time and you do have that consistent buyer flow, well, yeah, then it makes sense for you to have a buyer's agent. And then you're still monitoring your lead flow, your lead follow-up, urgent lead follow-up. Then the next thing we talked about was showing skill. After that, one of the things that we teach in Essentials, this is such a, it seems like such a minor thing, but it will make your lives so much easier. Do not let the buyer go if you have not put them in contract today until you have set your next appointment while they're in front of you. Simple things like that. If your buyer's agents are not doing that, what are they going to say to you as team leader? Well, I keep following up and they're just not scheduling again. I emailed them. Okay, so that's a lost lead. You probably spent money and time on that lead. Now they're gone because nobody's really following up on them the way they should be. The next thing is the buyer agent's ability to close. There are agents in the world who just love to show property, 
but they're afraid to close. These are the agents that some of you guys pick up when they come to you and they say, you know what, I've been looking at houses for three years. I've probably seen 100 properties. That's a symptom of nobody closing them. It's probably also a symptom of nobody listening to what they actually want to buy. These are all of the issues that we see with agents, you guys yourselves, when you work buyers. But as Tim said, all of these things are highlighted to such a degree when you have buyer's agents that you've hired and then delegated all of your buyer business to. These are all of the black holes that we see when you have that staff that can get ignored, you know, the train gets off the tracks, and then you're spending more and more money to send more and more buyers through that funnel when we've got all these six or eight different possibilities or combinations of which that can cause problems for you. So now you're managing that buyer's agent. Now you've got to think at this next level, do I want more of that? Should I have more of that? How am I going to manage it? So these are all questions you've got to ask yourself. And then we can go on to talking a little bit about a potential listing coordinator addition, if you'd like, Tim, or we can wait for next time for that. No, Up no, to you. that's fine. So the listing coordinator is a very simple concept. As you guys learn to take more and more listings, um, and that's really what your primary focus has to be. I know a lot of you guys are newer in the business. I know a lot of you have been listening to us for long, long, you know, years. And so it's you, the, the veterans, right, your grizzled veterans like Julie and I, you guys know that in order to list, in order to last in real estate, you have to list. You know that the richest of the rich agents are always primarily listing agents. This isn't a big mystery. So this little special message is for all the rest of you who haven't realized this yet. You've got to learn to become a listing agent. That has to be where you all you put all your best efforts every single day. Not on Facebook, not on Twitter, you know, not on anything else. You have to be perfecting the skills of becoming a good listing agent. In a transitioning market, a shifting market like what we're entering into now, you will have so many opportunities to list houses. It's not just going to come from your normal sources of ups and downs, people that are buying up or buying down. You're going to have literally dozens and dozens of different sources of potential listings. And you've got to master, not all of them, but master like five or six of them. Those become your spokes. And then what you'll do, I'm kind of walking you guys through some, hopefully some, you know, some concepts that will shift your thinking is that if you had, for example, five listings at all times, or 10 listings at all times, or 15 listings at all times, and to know how many listings you need at all times, that's what we call your magic number, the number of listings you need at all times. Once you know what that number is, then basically all your best efforts every single day go to basically getting up to that number of listings, and then when they sell, you're going to replace those number of listings, you see? So if you are, say, sitting right now and you're in Chicago, or if you're in, you know, Sacramento, or if you're in Miami, or if you're in wherever you are, if you're in an area that has a high sale price, you need fewer listings at all times. A lower sale price, you need more. Conceptually, that's the way it works. In most of the markets right now in the country, you can have 10 listings at all times and have really expect, assuming they're priced right, two or three of them to sell per month. And if your average commission is, say, $7,500, you're making close to $30,000, $25,000, $26,000 a month before broker splits and the rest of it, assuming the commission is 6%. You guys following me on this? Do you see how simple that was? Oh, Tim, what are you saying simple? I have to then get all these listings. Well, that's where you need to be focusing, right? That's where you're going to make the money. That's where you're going to have long-term stability. Don't get distracted by all this other stuff. It's just noise. And in a shifting market like this, where there's going to be more BPO requests, where you're going to see the REOs increasing again, I received probably a dozen emails from listeners telling me how they are realizing what an incredible opportunity doing BPOs is because BPOs give them a front row seat to what properties are going to be uh, essentially uh, the next REOs. BPOs give all of you guys 
and you get paid to do them. It's like an elaborate CMA, and those sellers, are, or rather those owners of those properties, most likely are going to have to sell because they're missing payments. You're, we are already seeing a massive increase that around the country, some markets more than others, obviously. Uh, knowing how to do BPOs, you get paid usually 75 to 100 bucks to do a BPO. It's like an elaborate CMA, like I said. You then will get a request. They'll, the bank will say, I'll pay you 7500 bucks to do this BPO. You'll do the BPO, and then you also know that that person most likely has to sell a house because they are no longer making the payment. You see how you guys can kind of do a lot of make a lot of money there? You get paid to do the work, and then you know you have a lead of someone who you know has to sell. Just putting it out there. There's so many opportunities like that in a changing market that you guys need to be embracing. Don't just think you can only make money one way. And for those newer agents who have only been in this industry and you know, the paradigm is buying buyer leads, guys, that is the root. It is absolutely incredibly wrong. If you want buyer leads, if you want to have buyers, list a house. You will have so many buyers beating down your door, you won't know what to do with all of them. The best buyer leads are always calling off signs. The best buyer leads are always calling the listing agents directly. They're not coming from the portals. You guys know this, right? So learn how to be a listing agent, especially in a shifting market. There's more opportunities. They're literally all around you. You just have to know where to look. It's not that difficult. So focus your best energies on becoming a listing agent. Form your team and your administrative staff around becoming a listing agent. Your listing coordinator is probably the last person you should hire, um, the transaction coordinator being the first one. The listing coordinator is when you've been able to get up to the point where you have a consistent number of listings. You've reached and you're able to maintain your magic number. And then what happens is you can then delegate the servicing of that listing to somebody who works for you on your staff. Some brokerages offer that service too. So what's going to happen is you're going to take a, you're going to go out, you're going to list the house, you're going to get the contract signed, you're going to you know do it digitally or otherwise, and then the, either the digital file or the actual file of this newly minted seller gets put on the desk of that listing coordinator, and that listing coordinator takes it from there. They do the home brochure. They do the pictures. They schedule the realtor tours. They put the signs in the yard. They put it on all the websites. They do all that stuff. And as part of Real Estate Coaching Essentials, there's a launch plan. We have a detailed listing coordinator, a detailed buyer agent system. All this is included in Real Estate Coaching Essentials. Remember, guys, just go to joinharris.com or if you're on your mobile device, just fill out that form. It's only 99 bucks a month, no payment for the first 30 days. That's if you use the student approval program, or, of course, you can pay for it all ahead of time. So, guys, in this market, in this time, we are walking into, in many cases, it's sprinting into a shifting market that will create more opportunity to make money to help people than we've seen during this really kind of confusing, aggressive seller's market. Intuitively, you guys know what I'm saying is true, and now you have to have the courage, and in some cases a lot of courage, to go against the tides and actually move forward while other people are still basically believing that the market's not going to shift. You can do it. Don't be scared. We're going to give you guys all the information. We're going to give you guys all the coaching, all the training. We're going to give you guys information way before everybody else has it like we've been doing so you can get ahead of the road. Now, if you haven't listened to a single thing I've said on this podcast, listen to what I'm going to say now. Do not wait to get registered with these BPO companies. Do not wait to get registered with the asset management companies. Do not wait to be one of these agents that says, well, I'll just do it tomorrow or I'll do it next year. It will be too late. Remember, those of you who are sold during the you know, real estate depression, there are only so many of those relationships that these asset management companies need. They are retooling their listing agent staff. 
You need to get on those lists now. Do not wait. A year from now, which is probably about when it's going to happen, you're going to see everyone's talking about what we've been talking about for the past 90 days. You need to get ahead of that curve. Please do not wait and say, damn it, Tim, you should have told me last year. I'm telling you now, so you need to get on those lists. In Real Estate Coaching Essentials, we tell you the asset management companies. We tell you how to fill out the forms. We tell you the good ones, the bad ones. We even help you write your resumes. We do all that for you as part of that coaching program. So definitely get on those lists ASAP, and then when they start assigning assets, you're going to have your information there. Now, in some cases, you're going to have to do BPOs for them as well, but that's no worries because we're also going to tell you how to do that. If you guys need us for anything, I want you to email us directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com. Um, and I want to also give you guys uh, a, a shout-out, and I actually am impressed with how well, with a few exceptions, how well so many of you handled what I thought, I was honestly worried that we'd get a lot more negative reactions than we did to telling you guys the truth about what's going on in the economy and the housing markets. I am thankful that you guys got it, and I'm thankful that you guys are taking action on the information we're, we're, we're giving to you guys. So our goal is to give you guys tactical, practical information that's going to get you into action. Everything we're going to give you is going to be action-focused. We're not going to waste a lot of time with mindset stuff. That's a big part of the radio shows. But when it comes to a changing market like this, the mindset's going to follow the action. Do these five things, and then we can focus on the mindset. Don't wait to feel a certain way or think a certain way before you take the action, because then it's going to be too late. Do you remember, those of you who were around last time, how fast things changed? It changed fast because you hadn't been preparing. So those of you who said the real estate market just changed one day, it didn't just change one day. It started to go in the crapper in late 06, and then we watched it and warned all of our coaching clients all the way through 07, and then the rest of the housing market started waking up to the changing market in about May, June of 08. Those of you who have been around a long time like we have, you know what I'm saying is true. So you've got to be taking those actions now because it's happening again now. This is in essence, this time right now, we're in essence, it, historically speaking, in like late 06, entering into 07. So it's going to happen again. Be prepared. Get ahead of the curve. Take action. That is up to you. Don't, if you have had experienced hardship during the last downturn, don't let it happen again. Please don't let it happen again. Take action now. If there's anything we can do for you, email me directly, tim at timandjulieharris.com or julie at timandjulieharris.com. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.